Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Please open your Bibles to Luke 17, verse 11 through 19. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into the village, ten men who had leprosy met him, and they stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go. Show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus said, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Good to hear the kids uh, running down the hallways, and uh, if any of you guys are, uh, you know, really antsy, I'll let you run up and down the uh, aisle if you want a couple of times before we begin. That's uh, what they do in some churches, I understand, is you run up and down the aisle. So, oh, your mother said you're not okay. Well, I can understand your mother saying that, bro. <laughs> okay. This is the season of year when we celebrate the harvest. Uh, for the um, Jewish people long ago, the harvest festival was called Pentecost, or Feast of Weeks, or, or the Feast of the Early Harvest. It was a celebration of God's provision for them through the land in which they lived. We don't have an early harvest festival. Uh, we have a late harvest festival, and we call it Thanksgiving. We remember not only the harvest of the land, but we remember everything that God gives to us in our lives, and we are thankful for it. We remember the pilgrims. Uh, we've had a display on our table here the last few weeks of the pilgrims that, uh, and the pumpkins and all of those things that we always see, the cornucopia and so on. And we remember those ones who in previous American history, recognized that God was the one, he was the source of all of what they had and all of what they hoped to be. And so they celebrated in, uh, with the Indians in that first uh, harvest festival called Thanksgiving. Well, scripture today that we read tells us about a man and uh, several men, but at least one of those men came back to thank Jesus for the blessing of healing in his life. And there were several steps to this process of uh, thanksgiving for uh, these people who uh, were healed on that day. The, the recognition of their need was the first step that they had to have. The lepers had to recognize that they were uh, lepers. They had a need. They'd been told that by their culture around them. They told them, uh, you've got this skin disease, uh, and so you've got to be separated. They had to acknowledge their need internally, though, themselves, as well as just have other people tell them about it. And that's the way it is with our relationship with Jesus. We have to first realize and recognize our own need, uh, our own sinfulness, our own separation. 
No one comes to Jesus without recognizing Jesus as the one who can fill our need and satisfy the needs of our life. And the Holy Spirit helps us in this, doesn't he? And John, uh, Jesus says, the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin. Uh, the Holy Spirit convicts us of our need for righteousness. The Holy Spirit convicts us of our need to avoid the, the coming judgment. So the Spirit of God helps us to recognize that need. And when God's Spirit speaks to us in our heart, then we need to respond. Because the Scripture also tells us that the Spirit will not always strive with man or woman forever. There is a limit to God's uh, bugging us, so to speak. Someone has called God the hound of heaven, and other people have said, no, he's not the hound of heaven who hounds after us, but rather he's a perfect gentleman in heaven. He's the one who comes to us asking us uh, to allow him to be part of our lives, but he's not going to force himself on us. But through his spirit, he helps us to recognize our need. Now, as we heard the children thunder out here a few moments ago, we know that children a little younger than them, babies, babies know they have needs. In fact, babies can't even express their needs to us. But soon, everybody in the house knows that baby has a need, don't, don't we? We, we? It doesn't take us long. Babies learn that if they make enough noise, that their need will be satisfied. And we, of course, as mother and dads and as family and friends, we want to fill that need, to satisfy that need uh, so they won't, uh, so they'll quit screaming, but also uh, so they'll, uh, they'll really be cared for. And just as those babies recognize their need, you and I have to recognize our need for Jesus, to care for us, to feed us, to heal us, to help us physically, of course, but spiritually uh, just as much. And so our first step to Thanksgiving in this Thanksgiving season is to recognize our need so we can give thanks to God for helping us in all of our needs. And then the lepers also knew they were separated from Jesus. Now, the law of the land at that particular time said that leprosy, people who had leprosy had to go and live in a leprosy colony, they would call it, or a separate area, and they had to be separated because they thought their disease was contagious at that time. We don't think that's necessarily true today. But then at that time, they were required to be at a distance from Jesus and from the other citizens of the land. They probably also knew because they'd heard about Jesus. They weren't separated so far that they hadn't heard about Jesus and about Jesus' miracles. Uh, they probably also realized that Jesus was somebody special. Maybe he was a prophet. Maybe he was even the Son of God, the Messiah that was to come. And so they knew because of who Jesus was that they were not only separated from him because of their disease, but they were separated from Jesus because of their sin. They recognized that Jesus was a holy one, and so they stood separate from him. And Christians believe that up to this day, that our sinfulness separates from us from Jesus, and many times our sin even separates us from other people around us because of what's happened in our lives. And coming to God in thanksgiving requires that we know we are sinful so we can then thank God for our forgiveness through Christ Jesus. I've been driving down the interstate quite a few times. Uh, as an area minister, I drove all over West Virginia, and we'd see the mile marker posts, and, and you just roar down the highway, and, and uh, every once in a while, you'd look up at one of those mile marker posts, and it would say, 
post, you know, mile marker 42, and you think, oh, no, I was supposed to get off at mile mo marker 31 or something like that. You, you just roared right past uh, where you were supposed to go, and you were lost, and you didn't even know you were lost. Have you ever been that way, lost, and didn't even know you were lost? In fact, you know, a few years ago, uh, we got this uh, car, and it had a GPS in it. We thought, boy, we'll never get lost again now. So... We took a whole group of folks out to uh, the Hopi Indian Reservation and did some mission work there in a school. And uh, one day we took off, we'd go to the Grand Canyon. Well, we went to the Grand Canyon and we thought, just put it in GPS and we'll find our way there. Well, it would tell us, turn here, and there was no road there, you know. <laughs> it would say, turn there, and you'd look over the edge of a cliff and say, no thanks, I don't think I'll turn there, you know, because the GPS just was leading us astray. And so we were lost and didn't even know the correct route. And that's true geographically, but it's also spiritually, isn't it? Many people in our world are lost spiritually, and they don't even have a clue. They don't know that they need to be in a relationship with God, and they don't know that they can reestablish relationships with people around them if they first establish a new relationship with Christ Jesus as Lord. So to be most thankful, we need to take the step of knowing of our separation from God, that, it, that it's real, that Jesus is a holy one, as we heard the song this morning, and that only through his sacrifice, as we've celebrated here in the Lord's Supper, only through his sacrifice can we then be reunited and come into a relationship with him. We need to admit our sin. And then third, the lepers had to make a public confession of Jesus. Uh, the master Jesus. Uh, they said, uh, Master, uh, Jesus, uh, have pity on us. Uh, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us, whatever translation you might be reading. Uh, these men recognized that the only one who could fill their need to be healed was Jesus himself. They'd probably heard uh, secondhand of other people who had been healed. And so when they heard that Jesus was coming by, they were taking every... Um, uh, precaution they could, but they got as close to Jesus as they could to call out for mercy upon them and to be healed. And Christians believe that we need to make a public declaration of Jesus as Master and Savior, just like those lepers did. If we want to find Jesus' grace, his mercy, his love, his forgiveness, his healing, uh, we need to recognize and declare that Jesus is our Master and our Savior. There's a certain urgency in what the, the uh, lepers had to say. You can hear it in those words in verse 13. He says, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. You can, you can feel it coming right through the pages from 2,000 years ago. They publicly called out to Jesus as their Master and their Savior. A friend of mine, uh, Juan Aragon, came from Nicaragua probably 10 or 15 years ago and, and uh, became one of our colleagues in, in the West Virginia Baptist uh, staff. And uh, he asked us to come to his uh, citizenship ceremony or uh, his naturalization ceremony where he had to take the oath of a citizen in Pittsburgh. And so we went to listen to him publicly declare that he no longer had allegiance to Nicaragua or any other country, he was now going to have his allegiance as a, a citizen of the United States. 
And I thought to myself, well, shouldn't our call to become citizens of Jesus' kingdom be equally important? Shouldn't our call to become part of Jesus' kingdom be public and uh, a public declaration, just like Juan had to do uh, to become a, a citizen of the United States? And then fourth, Jesus' attention and instruction to the lepers was important. They had called out to Jesus, but then they had to listen for Jesus to respond to them. And he instructed them to go show yourself to the priest. You see, it was a two-way street. They had to call out to Jesus, but Jesus then had to respond, and they had to listen to what Jesus had to say. The lepers had to be willing to listen and to carry out Jesus' instructions. I don't know about you, but too often in my prayer time, I'm busy calling out to Jesus, help me here or help me there or help me with something else, but I don't want to stop and listen and obey Jesus and say, Jesus, what do you want me to do in response? I don't take the time uh, to listen to his instructions. Now, I'm sure that Every husband here in this sanctuary probably doesn't have the problem I have. But my wife tells me that when I'm watching television or when I'm reading a newspaper or when I'm doing something intensely, I don't pay a bit of attention to her. I mean, you know, I can't understand it, you know. She, she seems to think that I should just put everything aside and listen to her, you know. And, uh, you know, she's right. <laughs> <laughs> It's hard to admit, but that's right, you know. We, we, uh, we want our wives to listen to us when we have something to say, and so it's a two-way street. We have to be willing to listen in return to pay attention and uh, not forget that it's both sides. It takes both sides to carry out that important thing called communication. Well, Jesus has given these disciples an important instruction here, and they need to carry it out. Go and show yourself to the priest. That was just uh, something especially for those lepers. But Jesus gives many things, it's for many instructions that are for all of us. And probably the greatest one is called the greatest commandment. Somebody came to Jesus and said, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's the first and second commandment. And so... If we're going to speak to Jesus and call out to him as our master and our Lord, our Savior, then we need to, in response, listen to what he has for us to do, and that is to love God, to love our neighbor, and to love ourselves. And then the fifth road to healing and thanksgiving can be uh, that it's a process, that it doesn't always happen overnight. For these lepers, that's what happened. They they were told, go and show yourself to the priests, and as they went along the way towards Jerusalem to show themselves to the priests, a healing occurred. An amazing thing happened. As they went, they were healed or cleansed, it says in verse 14. You see, by taking action on their faith, healing began, and the healing continued until they were whole once again. That's the way Jesus often asks people to take a step of faith before a healing begins. Sometimes Jesus immediately healed somebody, but in this case, 
Uh, he wanted to teach the lepers something, and he wanted to teach his disciples something, and I think what he was trying to do was to teach us that sometimes we have to be willing to take a step of faith before he will act in our life. And that step of faith demonstrates our decision to follow Jesus. And so, for example, coming forward in church for prayer, that's a, a public demonstration of your faith in God to answer that prayer. Baptism, as we've had here in the church many times, is a step of faith to demonstrate that you believe that Jesus' death on the cross was for you. Or as we've gathered here around the table this morning, uh, the Lord's Supper is another way to demonstrate publicly your faith in Jesus as Savior and Lord. Jesus told a parable of, uh, to uh, his disciples about two sons. And their father said, uh, go out and work in the vineyard. And so the first son said, sure, I'll be glad to go out and work in the vineyard. And immediately he just went about his business and never did go to the vineyard. And then the second son says, no, I don't want to go to the vineyard. And he probably had enough of that vineyard work. And so he says, I'm not going. But later, what happened? He changed his mind and went and worked in the vineyard. And then Jesus asked the disciples, who, who was it that did the will of the Father? And they said, well, obviously, the guy who went and did the work, the one, the one who listened to Jesus and responded, uh, or the one who listened to his Father and responded. So that's what we need to be doing. We need to be listening to the Father and responding just as those, the second son, uh, the one who took the step of faith and went. He's the one who did the right thing. So we need to ask ourselves questions from time to time. What steps of faith do I need to take? What, what movement do I need to make in my life in order to demonstrate uh, to, to the Lord and even to demonstrate publicly to others that I um, am following Jesus and that I want to do his will in my life. And then only one of those ten lepers came back. One leper came back with praise and adoration and thanksgiving to Jesus for his healing, it says in verses 15 and 16. Let me read those two verses for you again. He says, One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. He came back in celebration, adoration, and thanksgiving. How might we show thanksgiving this season? How might we come uh, to the Lord Jesus and to show him our love, our praise, our adoration for all of what he's done for us? Several years ago, I heard a family tell me what they did, and maybe many of you do this in your Thanksgiving times. Uh, before the meal, sometimes at the table, sometimes just in a room sitting around later, they go around and each person says one or two words or things that they're thankful for that year. And so that might be a way that you can show praise and thanksgiving to God. You can come to the Lord in that act and by saying, thank you, Lord, for a job. Thank you, Lord, for a family. Thank you, Lord, for a home, whatever it might be. A simple way of saying thank you, Jesus, and to adore him and to praise him for his blessings to you. And then last here in this parable or this story, Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Or other translations say, except this Samaritan? Restoration to Jesus 
was the last step. Uh, Jesus said when the guy came, the one that did come back, he said, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Now, this man didn't have it all right. He was a foreigner. He was a Samaritan, and they had some strange ideas about God and where they should worship and what books of the Bible they should read and believe and all those things. But it didn't matter to Jesus whether he was a foreigner or a Samaritan or didn't have all of his theology quite right. What mattered to Jesus was he came to him and responded in adoration and praise and thanksgiving. And so Jesus restored him. He said, go, rise and go, your faith has made you well. That's the challenge for each of us this Thanksgiving season, is to be restored to Jesus uh, through our step of faith in him as our Savior and Lord. He will make us well. Shall we pray? Thank you, Lord, that you do make us well through the power of your Spirit working within our lives, through our confession of faith in you as Lord and Savior. Through our asking you to forgive our sins, we can have a new life, a restored life, a life of thanksgiving to you. I pray, Lord, today if there's one here who needs to take that step of faith uh, this Thanksgiving season, that they would do so. And for those of us who are Christians already, who've made that step of faith, Lord, renew within us our desire, our responsibility to praise and thank you, for we pray in Jesus' name, amen.